When I started in ministry many, many moons ago, our girls would always ask, how many pages? Because I had longhand my first sermons. And if it was ever above 15 to 20, it's like, uh. Today it's one. Doesn't mean a thing. Turn, if you will, to Luke, the 14th chapter. Starting with verse 16, we're going to read uh, 16 through part of 18. By the way, you noticed on the back of your bulletin, there's a handy place for notes. Appreciate if you'd use them today because I'm going to give you a lot of scripture today. If you don't want to write them down, you can buy a CD. Well, that means you can fast forward. Is that right? Okay. Um, I shared this many years ago in a uh, Wednesday night Bible study. So it's going to be more of an informational, um, but it still has some good things to uh, ponder. Luke chapter 14, starting with verse 16. A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. Now, if you want to put a banquet on, invite me. I won't come up with excuses. So I just put that out there. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servants to... Sorry, Mandy. I messed up your filing system. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servants to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything's ready. Food's on the table. Come on down. But they all, underline that, they all alike began to make excuses. When you make something, you do what? You plan and you put some things together and uh, come up with a, with a plan. So they start making up these excuses why they shouldn't go to this banquet that had been so graciously prepared for them. So they start making excuses like the guy... Uh, the wife said, hey, George, um, get up. Time to go to church. I don't want to. I want to sleep in. I don't get to sleep in. Everybody else gets to sleep in. I want to sleep in. I'm tired. I've had a rough week. No, you got to get up and go to church. I just, I don't want to go. I don't feel like it. I just want to sleep in. Everybody else sleeps in. 
George, get up. Why? Because you're the pastor. Now get up. I have to be honest, there were Sundays. <laughs> well, I won't go there. What were they saying to the man that prepared the feast? And there's a list. Well, I bought a field. I bought some oxen. I bought this. I got to go, you know. What he was telling the man at preparing the feast was, what I want to do is more important than what you want me to do. You know, we all make excuses for those things we really don't want to do. And we all do that. Uh, you know, and we come up, we make excuses. So I ask a question, what's the difference between an excuse and a reason? Can you help me out with that? What's the difference between an excuse and a reason? Homework. Look it up. Um, excuse is what? It means to beg off. I, you know, to decline, to avoid. You want to avoid something that you really don't want to do. And so to avoid that, you make an excuse. I don't want to go to church today. Why? Well, and then we make an excuse. I don't want to go to work today. We make an excuse. Now, there could be reasons. There's reasons why there are those who aren't here today. There's a good reason. It's not an excuse. But these all alike manufacture these excuses. Like going out and buying a piece of property was more important than going to this nice banquet. They're going trying out their set of oxen, which they should have tried out anyway. So what are some of the excuses that people make for not becoming a Christian? You ever heard any of them? I'm going to name a few. And I'm going to use some scripture here. So if you want to write that down or buy... Uh, gold-plated uh, CD back there. Not today. You ever heard that one? Not today. I'll go to church. I'll tolerate the preaching, but, you know, when the Holy Spirit speaks to me, not today. Was it old King Agrippa that said, almost you've persuaded me? Um, some more convenient time. And how many people today will use that same excuse? Not today. And so the scripture we use is, is Joshua, what? 24, 14, and 15. I just happen to have it marked here. Now the fear of the Lord and and serve him uh, now fear the lord and serve him with all faithfulness throw away the gods of your forefathers that you worship beyond the river in egypt and and serve the lord 
But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. It's a choice. Everything we do in life is a choice. Whether we want to admit it or not. Speed limit says 35. I choose I can go 35 or I can uh, sit alongside the road and answer some questions. Where are you going in such a hurry? Your house on fire? Yeah. So I choose to most times run the speed limit. Unless I'm going downhill with the wind, you know. And so here, choose ye this day whom you will serve. You're either going to serve the gods of the world or you're going to serve the God of heaven. It's a choice. Turn back to 2 Corinthians. I cheated. I marked them. If I can find my mark. Second Corinthians. I'll find it here in a minute. Going the wrong way. I think I need to re rememorize the books of the Bible. Okay. What it says? Well, it must have fell out of my Bible. I don't know. Uh, now is the time. Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. If you're writing that down. Now is the time. Why? Because tomorrow is not promised. Don't worry about tomorrow, the Bible says. It. Tomorrow take care of itself right now at this moment. And when somebody says to you, and eh, not today. Well, choose ye this day whom you serve. Now's the time to do what you know God wants you to do. When we say not now, what are we telling God? What I'm doing is more important than what you want to do in my life. My stuff is more important than your stuff. Um, so not today. What... Other than an excuse. Um, it's too late. Too late for me. I, I've blown it. I've just, uh, it's just way too late. I've, I'm done. It's too late for me. I've, I've, I've committed too many sins. I, I've just been a rascal. I've been done this and I've done that. And, and it's, it's just too late for me. I'm done. Turn it back to Ezekiel. You know, that's back in part of the Bible where the pages are still stuck together, which you don't use very often. Ezekiel chapter 33. Starting in verse 17. Let your countrymen say, the best, the way of the Lord is not just. It is their way that is not just. If a righteous man turns from his righteousness and does evil, 
he will die for it. And if a wicked man turns from his wickedness and does what is just and right, he will live by doing so. So the argument they have, well, it's too late, I've just done too much. No, the Bible says, and God says, look, if you turn from your ways, if you repent from your ways, if you turn, and that's what repent means, turn around and go the other way. If you repent of your wickedness, you repent of your evilness, and start doing what is right, start doing what is just, then you will live. So that kind of negates that, doesn't it? Well, I got another one. Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Verses 12 and 13. For there is no difference between Jews and Gentiles. The same Lord is the Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So it's never too late. There's nothing so egregious that the blood of Jesus can't forgive and wash away. And so that the excuse, well, it's too late for me. You have these two scriptures. Look here, and and there's many more. Well, here's a good one. I tried once, and I blew it. I failed. How many heard that? I tried it. It got too rough. It just got so burdensome, and I I just couldn't handle it. Went back to my old ways. I tried. That's the problem. You tried. And you failed. Why? Because you didn't allow God to, well, that's Jude chapter 24, Jude verse 24. Jude 24 says, To him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. He has the ability to keep you from falling if you want him to, if you allow him to, if you live your life for him, if you allow the Holy Spirit to lead and strengthen and guide you. He's able to do it. He's able. If you want him to. Well, too often we try to live it on our own, and you're going to fail. I know. Well, here's another one. You know what? I don't need a Savior anyway. I'm pretty good. I do good stuff. I help little old ladies cross the street, especially with i got a walker. And, oh, I'm sorry. And, um, you know. You do good stuff. You donate to charity. You might even come to the church and work in the soup kitchen or you know, do good stuff. I don't. Why do I need a savior? Glad you asked. Turn to John chapter three.
verses 18 and 19. Why do I need a Savior? Well, it says right here. Whoever. Kind of narrows it down, doesn't it? Or opens it up. Whoever. Believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already. Because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. And so when you tell God no thanks, what are you doing? You're condemning yourself to a devil's hell. I don't need your salvation. I'm doing just fine, thank you. Leave me alone. And you know what? He does. If that's what you want, you go right ahead. But guess what? I still love you, and I'm going to be there for you. And when you get in a bind, you come look me up. He won't force you to do anything. I don't need a Savior. Okay. You're lost. You stand condemned already because you failed. You don't want to believe. Like Scripture, you know, the devils believe, and they're smart enough to quick. (laughs) They know God's power. They know what he can do. And so they are scared to death. Of God. Well, whoever does not believe stands condemned already. The next verse. This is the this is the verdict. I like we like to watch judge shows, you know. And there's always a verdict. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men loved darkness instead of light because their deeds are evil. They love what they're doing. They love the life they're living. They love the, 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 whatever they think makes them happy. And they love that. They find comfort in that. They find a a semblance of happiness. But they're not happy. They keep looking for things to make them happy, to get them happy, and seeking for joy, and seeking for all the things that the world has to offer, which is fleeting at best. Savior? Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned. You see, everyone needs a Savior. And we've all fallen short of the glory of God. That word fallen short means that like an archer shooting at a target and the arrow just doesn't make it. It falls short. For all have sinned. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. You have to earn wages. 
but the gift of God. What did you do to earn eternal life? Hebrews 2, 3 says, How shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? I don't need salvation. I'm good. The Bible says, no, you're not. So who are you going to believe? Oh, here's one. Too many hypocrites in the church. Too many hypocrites in the church. I heard it said by, I forget who said if you allow a hypocrite to stand between you and God, the hypocrite's closer to God than you are. Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14. <clears throat> And verse 12. So then, each one of us, everyone, each one of us will do what? Will give an account of himself to God. I can't give an accounting for anyone else. Well, uh, they said this and they said that, and I believe this uh, this uh, theology, and I believe that. And the, no, you're going to give an account of yourself to God, and we're going to stand before that judgment, give an account. I hope that when I get to heaven, not hope to get to heaven, when I get to heaven. But I've taken care of all the sins that I won't have to give account. He'll just say, hey, psh, come on in. We'll give an account. Too many hypocrites, they will give an account for themselves. What's a hypocrite? Somebody, it's an actor. You know what? Acting like somebody else, acting like a Christian, acting like such a good guy. Ask, you know, but you're not. You're just acting. Too many hypocrites. All right. I'm going to cut you out early today. Is that okay? I, uh, <clears throat> so they say, you know what, if, if I get religion, is what they call it, if I get religion, if I get saved, if I start going to church, if I do this, guess what, my friends will not want to be around me, I will, I will lose my friends, I don't want to lose my friends. So you're saying to God, my friends are more important than what you have to offer to me. My life is more important. My friends are more important. What I'm doing is more important 
just like these guys in our text. Well, I've got to go buy oxen. Please excuse me. I've got to go do this. Please excuse me. I can't leave my old friends. First Corinthians chapter 15. First Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 33. Do not be misled. The devil will mislead you. He will lie to you. Do not be misled because what? Bad company corrupts good character. When I was in youth many years ago, <clears throat> on Wednesday night youth, we always had uh, object lessons. And we each took turns in our youth group doing object lessons. And one object lesson, a guy had a glass of water and, and, a, and a piece of mud. And he said, you know, um, dropped the mud in there and stirred it up, and it corrupted the whole glass. Do not be misled. You can't allow just a little bit of dirt in your life and think that it's going to be okay and not corrupt the rest of your life. Exodus 23, 2 says, Do not follow the crowd in doing wrong. It's easy to get in a crowd. It's easy to kind of get lost in a crowd. He said, don't do that. I, Proverbs 13, 20, He who walks with the wise grows wise so what is more important to you today hopefully everyone's here because they want to be because they want to come and fellowship with our paper faces on and that's fine Fellowship with God's people, the family of God. We come here every Sunday. It's like a family reunion, right? Where we used to have coffee and cookies. I miss that. Especially the cookies. But we come together to fellowship, to visit, to enjoy one another's company, to hear a word or two, right, Louise? She allowed me two words. The only two words is, is dismissed two words. We all fall into the trap of making excuses. Making manufactured reasons 
Now, there's a difference, remember, between the reason. A reason is something that's legitimate. Excuses? So we look into our life and doing the things that God wants us to do, the song that we sang, the, the consecration song. My life, O oh Lord, I give to you. Is that part of your life? When you sing that song, are you saying that to God or are you just singing words off the board up here? And if it's not part of your life, if this isn't your prayer, my life, O oh Lord, I give to you, consecrated, then don't sing it. If you don't mean it, don't sing it. And too often, and one part of it says, you don't care where God sends you. I remember when God called us to the ministry and he said, I want you to go to that foreign country called Texas. Well, what's down there? Cockroaches. Got plenty of them. What's down there? Well, Teal, you need to go to a college because you aren't as smart as you think you are. I thought I was pretty smart. I'd pastored for three years. 7.30 had intro to the Old Testament. Found out real quick I didn't know nothing. <laughs> now we could have made excuses. Well, God, there's a hurricane coming in. Hurricane's headed right for Houston. And you want us to go right in the eye of that hurricane. Yeah. Yeah, but why, why, you know, why can't we just wait till it's over? Go now. Yeah, but you, how do you spell Yalbert? So we went. We lived through the hurricane. Alyssa, was it Alyssa or Alicia? What? Huh? Alicia. Alicia. She was a mean one. But we lived. We went there. Doing what God wanted us to do. Learned a lot. Learned how much I didn't know. But I could have made all kinds of excuses. Well, you know, I got two kids here. They're going to school. We got to drag them out of school. We got to drag them down to Texas. Wouldn't trade those several years. Then we moved to Oklahoma City. Back into the ministry. I could have made all kinds of excuses. But God, I want to be a farmer. I want to be a truck driver. Well, you can be a farmer. You can plant seeds. Spiritual seeds. You can harvest, spiritual harvest. So I guess I'm a farmer. But how many times do we make excuses for what we don't want to do? We have to manufacture them. 
And maybe there's things coming in your life today that, you know, you, you really don't want to do. You really just... It's easier just to do it. There's things in your life that you just kind of dragging your feet on maybe. You come up with all kind of excuses. Well, I know it needs to be done. I know I need to call somebody. I know I need to say, not today. I'll get it tomorrow. Choose ye this day. And it's a choice that we each make every day of our life. Choose ye this day. And tomorrow it's this day. And when you choose that, when you choose every day, for me and my house, we're going to serve God. You do what you want. You want to serve the gods? You're going to die from it. You want to serve my God? You're going to live. So which do you want? It's a choice. Next time God knocks on your heart's door and says, you know what I want you to do? Well, now, now wait a minute. I've got stuff to do. Is your stuff more important than my stuff? No. So when you're tempted to make excuses, make them. Manufacture them. Conjure them up. And boy, we have a bunch of them real quick. Why we shouldn't do what we know we should do. What do we do? Lord, help me. Give me the strength to put your will first as Jesus prayed in the garden. Not my will, but thine be done. Putting his will first in our life. Not making excuses for not doing his will. how much happier we will be if we just say, yes, God. Yes, Lord. I'll do, I'll go, I'll be what you want me to be. Lord, again, we are so grateful and thankful for your word. We thank you that you love us. We thank you that you've provided for us everything that we need in our life. Your scriptures are so full of things that we need to know in our lifetime to help us, to keep us from falling, to love one another. And Lord, when we are tempted to shirk our duties, to make excuses for not doing what you want us to do, Lord, that you will convict us. That you will send that Holy Spirit to speak to us, to convict us, that we might be ready and willing to do what you want without excuse. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand, please?